0: we are in the last week of our series on emotions next week we will start our christmas series and we're going to look at an emotion today that some people might say is not an emotion and i would contend that having a thankful heart is absolutely an emotion you can definitely spot the difference between someone who is thankful grateful versus someone who is unthankful, ungrateful, someone who has a, a spirit of ingratitude. Man, we hate that when that spirit's in our kids, don't we? Uh, but we, we, hate, we see so many times our, our, us and our kids, and it really kind of shakes us. Yeah, have you ever been around someone that's just ungrateful? If your boss at work, Sometimes you get those employees that you're just like, you're just, you have no idea what I do for you. You're just so ungrateful. You know, kids at home, it's just, the kids have no idea what we go through to help provide. You're just like, oh, you're so unthankful for the things that you have been blessed with in life. This morning's verse that we're going to start with is not typically the verse that would make you feel happy on Thanksgiving Day. It's not the verse that you might read as a family before you eat your Thanksgiving meal. It's more like the anti-Thanksgiving verse. Not too many people will read this verse after or before they eat their their turkey, but we're going to start here today and uh, make our way and I'll explain to you why we're starting with this verse. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Man, I I think this is a verse that represents so many of us in our homes in our communities today, because we have a a society who would tell you that I believe in God. I'd say if nine out of ten people you were to survey on the street this morning, they would say, oh, I believe in God, or I believe in a higher power. But they do not honor him as God, and they definitely do not give thanks to him. We see where that goes. When that does not happen, when God is not honored, and God is not given thanks, where's the progression of the verse? They became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Man, is that not a verse for what we see happening today? You know, other translations don't give us any solace for this either. It's pretty bleak, no matter how you translate these words. The real problem here is that Paul is talking about all of us he's talking about all the human race not just some pagan part that never goes to church that never reads the bible that's not who he's talking about he's talking about all of us he clearly says they knew God and that includes the baptists the methodists the catholics the lutherans the orthodox it includes me and it includes you this verse includes all of us whoever else Paul has in mind he's definitely including all people in this verse. And when we study Romans chapter 1, especially verses 18 through 32, it usually comes underneath some kind of like condemnation of the Gentiles or condemnation of the world. And we trace Paul's argument this way. God's wrath is revealed against the whole human race because we are all born with a knowledge of God, but yet we suppress it. Everyone in this world was born with a a desire to look for something greater than themselves because that was built into us by God, our creator. God has made himself plain to all men so that they are without excuse. That's in verses 19 through 20. But by turning away from God because we do not worship God, the result is verses 24 and 25, moral impurity. Verses 26 and 27, dishonorable passions. Verses 28 through 32, we see the entire breakdown of society. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, really what we're seeing today in 2021. He told us way back then. Those results can clearly be seen in these passages. And as I said, this is not a pretty picture, We look at it, Paul paints the portrait in the darkest terms because he later wishes to show the glories of the gospel of Christ set against this backdrop of human sin. So he starts Romans chapter 1 with this really bleak picture of how bad it looks. And as he moves through Romans, he takes this bleak backdrop of human race, of the human sin, and he moves it and shows this is the glories of christ this is how christ in his glory solves the human sin but tucked in there in this in this passage is this verse that i read at the very beginning it's the verse i mentioned at the start of the sermon to be fair let me read it in a couple of other translations for you today um you know usually i use the english standard version but it's just to be fair, let's look at it a couple others. The, the New Living Translation says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Not even better with that translation. The New American Standard Bible says it this way, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile, and their speculations and their foolish hearts was darkened. No matter what translation you look at, this passage does not get any better. Here is the progression. They knew God. They did not honor God. They did not give thanks to God. Their thinking became futile, and their hearts were darkened. You see how this progression, and you see the linchpin between this, between this. Where's the pivotal point? They did not give thanks to God. As soon as our hearts turn to this, I deserve, I should have this, this is something that, that I definitely should have, instead of, God, everything that comes to me in this life is nothing but goodness from you we see how the passage progresses the rest of romans chapter one that means that the problem with the human race is it's not a lack of knowledge the problem with the human race is the deeper problem is ignoring the knowledge we already have Truth always demands a response. No one can be neutral in the spiritual arena. Paul goes on to spell out what happens when we become indifferent to spiritual truth. He says we refuse to glorify God and we refuse to give thanks to God. We refuse to give thanks to God. You know, as I was doing my study for this sermon this Charles Spurgeon, which was the great pastor of the church in London back in the, um, the 19th century, he did a, 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 a message on Thanksgiving that just rocked me as I read the, his sermon from, you know, 175 years ago, uh, preaching to the people there in London. And when he preached the, the message on Thanksgiving, this is what he had to say. He said, I cannot say anything much worse of a man than that he is not thankful to those who have been his benefactors. And when you say that he is not thankful to God, you have said about the worst thing you can say about him. (laughs) He's saying the worst thing you can say about somebody is that they are an unthankful person. In his typical 19th century fashion, he goes on to show how God is treated by unthankful creatures. He says God is despised. His day... Sunday is ignored. His book, the Bible, is neglected. His son, Jesus, is refused, and his deliverances are forgotten. How God delivers us every day, we tend to ignore God's providences. Some of you, he goes on to say, Some of you have never missed a meal in your lives. When you went to the table, there was always something on it. You've never had to lose a night's rest or want for a bed. Some of you from your childhood have had all your heart could wish. If God has treated you so, while many are crushed with poverty, should he not get some gratitude from you? Man, no true words. truer today than this. 175 years ago he speaks these words in the Metropolitan Tabernacle there in London. You know have you ever heard someone use the term I've got good luck or I was just lucky and maybe we've used that that term before. You know thinking about it in these terms thinking about the providence of God and how God's hand is continually moving Inside of our lives, every moment of every day, to use that term of I've just been lucky is nothing more than a slap in the face of a holy God. You might say, well, you know, I've been a hardworking man. I know you have, but who gave you the strength to work? Well, I'm very smart and knowledgeable in this area of study, who made those brains that you have on top of your head that gave you those smarts? Do you not feel that any man who talks about his own wisdom and his own wit, I think sometimes once I see someone that's so just braggadocious about all of their knowledge, I just want to say, man, step back for a second and remember a God who gave you that remember a God who gave you everything we have we owe everything to God you know for someone who can come to the thanksgiving season with an ungrateful heart Paul says in this passage as you work through the end of the passage he calls him what a fool fool a fool that you could see the glories of creation, that you could see how God moves in ways in your life and not be thankful to him or foolish. And there's a couple of signs that we see of an ungrateful heart. And I feel there are many today who call themselves Christians who are not thankful And yet they've never thought of themselves very guilty on this account. You know, we express this ungratefulness really in in two distinct ways. The first is we receive from God's daily blessings without ever giving thought as to where they come from. You know, whenever you stop, the meal is prepared and it goes upon the table, not just the Thanksgiving meal, but really any meal that you eat throughout the day. Whenever you stop and you say a prayer, that prayer is acknowledging that that food comes from God. That this food that is on the table comes by the hand of God. It creates that thankfulness in the heart before we eat. God's mercies are new every morning, life, breath. And health and friends and food and clothing, the kindness of others, the job to go to, the home to come to, everything comes from God. We receive all that God has given, but an ungrateful heart, a sign of an ungrateful heart is that we do not acknowledge the giver. Another one is we grumble about what we do not have we grumble about what we do not have. If the food on the table is steak, we grumble because we want chicken. If it's cereal, we complain because we want bacon and eggs. If we have an iPhone X, we grumble because we want an iPhone 12. If we were given thousand dollars, we want $5,000. If we have a car, we continue to drive by the lot because we want a truck. And we keep looking at the truck on the lot. We dream of a better job because anything could be better than the job that God's given to me, the one I have right now. We, in our daily actions, do not even realize how often our hearts scream ungratefulness. You know, we have such an entitlement generation of always needing the biggest, and the best, and the newest, you know, dealing with a high schooler, and I know we've got quite a few in here today, you know, just the, the continually needing of new shoes and wanting a new phone and, you know, needing to all of these different things that these kids continually want, and I'm thinking, man, be thankful. And grateful for the blessings that God has given to you. Be thankful for the family that He has surrounded you with. Be thankful for the bed that you have to lay your head down. And this Thanksgiving is going to be a little different for us. Um, This will be the first Thanksgiving that we go back to my parents' home and sit around the table um, without my mom. So it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little hard. You think, pray for my wife this week, as she tries to recreate my mom's dishes that she would bring to Thanksgiving. And you think about all of those times, I think about all those times, that I sat around the table, I've always been thankful for my mom. And I loved her. But just the idea of being able to give your mom a hug and tell her how thankful you are for her over Thanksgiving. You know, had you asked me a few years ago, are you a grateful person? I would have probably told you, yeah, I suppose that I am. Suppose that I am about as grateful as the next person. And from the standpoint of our text, that would be a true statement. We are all unthankful by nature because we all take for granted the goodness of God. As you sit around the Thanksgiving table to this week, take note of the goodness of the lives that surround that table. Take goodness, take take a look and be thankful for those that God has put into your life. And thank him. Thank him not just for material blessings. So many times we want to focus on the material blessings, but be thankful for the lives that God has given Every good gift comes down from the Father of lights above. God showed me over the last year that in my own heart. And when we are not thankful for what we have received, the scripture verse tells us that our hearts are opened to every other imaginable sin. It's almost like Paul is telling us that an un grateful heart is almost like a gateway sin (laughs) into the rest of sinful life. You know, to recap last week, I want to point out that gratitude is first and foremost, it's a matter of the heart. We talked about last week how all of these emotions, they all flow out of the heart. And if you missed last week's message, you can go listen to it on our, our podcast and that all behavior, all emotions They come from the heart. We want to change the outside. We have to first change the inside. After all, we may do many good deeds and yet do them grudgingly or out of a sense of duty to our parents or to our boss. And if our hearts are not changed, then those things we're doing on the outside have no benefit because it's just behavior I've learned that I'm learning that gratitude is a gift first and foremost. That is a matter of the heart. In fact, mercy and gratitude always go together. What starts as mercy in heaven ends with gratitude from the heart. So on this Thanksgiving Day 2021, as we come up on Thanksgiving Day, I pray that we as a church, will be thankful will be a thankful people when Spurgeon came to the end of his sermon he finished with these words and I hope you find them comforting to you as well he said let us praise God for common mercies for they prove to be uncommonly precious when they are once taken away man that just stung me As I read that, let us praise God for common mercies for they prove to be uncommonly precious when they are taken away. Think about that in the terms of a loved one. Bless God that you were able to walk here And are able to walk home again. Bless God for your reason. Bless him for your existence. Bless God for the means of grace, for an open Bible, for the throne of grace, for the preaching of the word. You that are saved must lead the song Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me. Bless his holy name. Bless him for his son. Bless him for his spirit. Bless him for his fatherhood. Bless him that you are his child. Bless him for what you have received. Bless him for what he has promised to give. Bless him for the past, bless him for the present, and bless him for the future. Bless him in every way, for everything, at all time and in all places. Let all that is in you bless his holy name. Man, I think he captured it pretty well. I think he captured how our hearts should be positioned this Thanksgiving season.